Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Good afternoon, Mike, and happy Monday, and happy Transfer Portal Day, and day after a bunch of rage for the football playoff. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just sitting here wondering if KJ, if and when, I think it will, but when KJ's name is going to pop up there. Because then, you know, things start changing. Um, you know, I, look, all the, the hiring of Petrino, now you have an offensive line coach, and obviously he, he didn't set anybody on fire. The people that are mad are still mad because they say his – you know, Baylor's offensive statistics were about the same as Arkansas, and they don't look in the past at what what his reputation is. But I was told, I'm talking to a guy uh, 10 days ago, it was before Petrino was hired, and he told me that he thought Mateos would be Arkansas's next O-line coach. I just kind of blew it off, like, what? But he, he claimed that they both had connections to him. I, I know what Pittman's connections, I don't know what Petrino is, but People that think that this was Pittman's decision and he just overruled uh, what, I, what I've been told is they both were on board with this hire. So you got the two changes that some of the people wanted. You know, if you're going to keep Sam Pittman, you got to do this, you got to do that. So those two things are in place. But now the real part starts because you got to, you know, you got to bring in a transfer quarterback. You got to get some linemen. You you know, you probably need a couple of receivers. So all that starts now. Does it feel like with this move with, with Petrino and what we're doing is that it's a three-year window at least? It's it's not just a one and done? You're going to give him a couple years to, 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 to hit the portal and, and kind of build something up? Gee, I don't know. I mean, that's hard to say. I mean, you got all these people that think that it was a setup from the beginning, that Petrino's going to come in and be the head coach next year. I don't think that's the case. I think it's problematic still problematic to clear him as the head coach. It was easier to bring him back as a coordinator. I think if they, it all boils down to if, if, if they improve. I think if they improve, then yes, everything moves forward. And I will say this, because I, I know people, some people that know Petrino. I've talked to those people over the years. They were telling me right after he was fired that he immediately realized he made a mistake, that he regretted it, he was remorseful. And that from that moment, and you saw how he reacted to all that, both at the Little Rock Touchdown Club and on, in the press conference the other day. And what they tell me is he is on fire, absolutely on fire with a desire to turn this offense around and to make up for what he did. And he really likes living here, and he's a Razorback, and he's bleeding Razorback. They tell you all this good stuff, and so it sounds good. I, I hope it's all true. Well, I guess that means I'd expect to start seeing 
some you know talented offensive players coming in from the portal to play for Bobby Petrino. You know, we've only well, known about the guys that are going out. And, and that sure. goes that that pretty much goes for just about everybody in college football. But sooner or later, there'll be a trickle of players coming in. And look, you could tell, I guess, maybe I shouldn't look at it this way because you know Cody Schrader is probably going to win the Burlsworth Trophy today. But you know, a couple of Division two receivers come in, and I guess I'd be surprised if that if you're looking at Division two receivers and Division two players coming in to play for Petrino. I just I just I get I guess I just expect um, a faster quicker kind of an athlete that wants to come in and play for him and you know in the next 45 days maybe in the next two weeks we ought to have a sense of that yeah he kind of had a mixed reputation as a recruiter as a head coach he there's no question that he that he, he had some he picked up some good players over the years but there were people that always said that his personality turned some recruits off and and but yet i've been told he doesn't have that personality and he could be pretty he could turn you off in a heartbeat if he, if he was in the wrong mood. Um, and his, his recruiting had dropped off, even if he didn't get fired in 2012, it had dropped off a little bit. So I'm curious to see if the name Bobby Petrino interests people in the portal. What kind of effect does that have on a quarterback in the portal, a receivers in the portal? It should, but until you see it, you don't know. Mike, you got a basketball game up on the hill tonight. Uh, Furman's coming in, and uh, we, we know just the the atmosphere that was up there uh, against Duke. Uh, what do you want to see out of this team? I want to see him be consistent and, and 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 be able to build on that. But what are you looking for for this team against Furman tonight? And you know, we're only eight games into the season, but you kind of see it get a sense of the personality of this team at least right now. And what I see is a team that if you fill that arena up and you put a big opponent in there, they'll play like crazy. Uh, if it's not a big-name opponent and the arena's not full, uh, maybe they're not as bought in. So the thing you have to worry about tonight is, do they overlook Furman? I hope not. Uh, but you can't You go back and look at that UNC Greensboro game and, and just look at the way they played against Duke, and you can just see an obvious difference. I mean, they beat Duke without their top score. Uh, so, you know, can he light a fire under them tonight? And, and I get it. I mean, I'm not stupid. You can't tell players to just go out and go crazy every night. It wouldn't even be good. They'd run out of gas. But it's you got to come up with this taking care of business mentality where maybe you're not on fire to win the game, but you're not just lazy on defense like they were in that Greensboro game where they're just getting beat down the floor. That's what makes me nervous, is that if there's a way to lose a game, it's, it's effort-wise defensively. But I also, it's like a trust in Musk kind of a thing. You, 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 you play lazy defensively with Musk as the coach, well, you're going to lose playing time. Uh, and and I, would, I would expect that there are guys you know, ready to give that kind of effort. Uh, but that, that's the thing that makes me nervous, is that we already, I would hope that the Greensboro loss is just like a wake-up call. You know, and, and yeah. losses yeah. to North Carolina and Memphis on a neutral site, I don't think I have to do with Those are good teams, though, too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Those are good teams. That's a different thing. You cannot – they're in a position now where I don't think you can lose any more out-of-conference games. The Oklahoma game is a different situation, but, you know, it's like but they've been good for one loss every once in a while, one in North Little Rock or something who was at Hofstra. Um, mm-hmm. You can't lose those yeah. games now. Right. I agree. Um and there are some things that still confuse me. 
I can't figure Makai Mitchell out. There are nights when he looks like he's asleep or he's confused, and then there are other nights when he looks really good, and that's really important to them. Uh, especially, you don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Graham. I don't know if this is going to be a thing all year long where some games he's okay and then he has back spasms again and he's out. But when both when when Mitchell's not playing well and uh, Jalen Graham is out, that, that changes what Trevin Brazil does. He has to almost become like a, 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 a four or a five when he's really an athletic three. And when he's not allowed to be that, it changes what he does offensively a lot. So these are just little things that, you know, and, and, and I'm still not sure about, you know, Ellis. I don't, he's their point guard. He, and, and thank goodness you got a true freshman in there who's playing, playing his butt off right now. But you need two. So Ellis, he's got to be consistent. And, and and there's so there's a few things that are still unsettled right now. But what what we obviously all know is that come March, but <laughs> Musselman always has these guys ready to go. Mike, you called it uh, a few weeks ago. You said Alabama over Georgia in the SEC championship game, and uh, we we knew somebody was going to get left out. We didn't know how it was going to unfold. Do you think they got it right? Would you change anything uh, that, with this Final Four and the matchups? Now you're gonna now you're gonna play into my prejudice against Texas because I would have left them out and I know people say you're crazy. Look, they beat Alabama when Alabama had quarterback problems. They would not beat them now. I think if you look at Texas schedule, there were games that they they almost lost. The teams they shouldn't have been, the game shouldn't have been close. So and yet I understand the thing with Florida State too. I'm sorry that the guy got hurt and but if the committee is sitting there picking the best teams, then they got left out. Although, again, I probably would have left Texas out. But here's the thing: the ACC has nobody to blame from themselves because that commissioner voted against making it a 12-team playoff this year. Mm-hmm. So that's the real issue. There should be 12 teams. I mean, the FCS has 20 teams. If they can do it, why can't BCS have 12? And, of course, we will, but it's just taken too long to get there. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, looks like uh, Pooh Paul has gotten an offer from Ole Miss. And Lane Kiffin has tweeted a photo from the air terminal in Pine Bluff. That's exactly... Uh, if I, I know I saw the photos of uh, Coach Pittman and, and Petrino 
with Courtney Crutchfield, and, and it looks like that's exactly who Lane Kiffin is going after right now, too. Our best defensive player, I thought, was if, if you were to say who's number one, who you picking first, it's Chris Paul. He'll he'll have his choice. If you're if you're if you're a, a defense any any team in the country be lucky to have that kid, man. He's he he's a real time. He's a what, what's Dick Vitell uh, Dick Vitell say? He's a PTP or baby. You know he really is. He's no longer a diaper dandy. Never use that term for football. I I hated the diaper dandy terminology anyway. Jim in Mountainburg has called us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hi, Jim. How are you? Oh man, I, I feel nice, like sugar and spice. How about you, guy? Well, I'm not rhyming, but I'm with you. You really think Lane's going to bring that boy to Mississippi? I don't know. I mean, he's he's putting in the effort for it. <clears throat> he yeah. definitely is. We shall see. Hey, I've really got no problem with these four, four teams. I think it's the two best games. Uh, however, uh, Mike was talking about his prejudice toward Texas. Don't you think if Georgia had beat Alabama, Florida State would be in. They'd have to be. Because then you'd have four undefeated teams, right? That would be correct. Georgia would still be undefeated. Uh, Florida State, and, and and so they weren't going to put Alabama or Texas in without putting the other one in. Look to me, yeah, pretty, it was pretty out. clear, Jim, that the committee was going to put Texas ahead of Alabama no matter what. Um, so if Georgia beats Alabama, then you forget about Alabama. That means the mm-hmm. Texas win over the Crimson Tide doesn't carry the same weight. So I think at that mm-hmm. point, yes, at that point you're you're talking. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. But the Alabama win over Georgia gives weight to Texas, too. Well, they got that loss against Oklahoma, so they're out. Well, but that's the crazy thing is the worst loss of any of the four teams, or really of any of the teams that were vying here, was, was Texas losing to Oklahoma. Oklahoma is, let's see here. That's why I'd have Alabama third, third and I would have Texas fourth in the committee. I'd have Alabama versus Washington and Michigan versus Texas. But, Jim, I'm with Mike more than anything in the idea that this is, it's just a stupid system. A four-team playoff is, 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 the, is where somebody's going to get screwed. And I, I guess I'm just surprised that this is the first year where something like this has happened. But it also shows that the SEC was never going to get left out. It, 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 wasn't, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, people have texted in, could you imagine if Arkansas went 13-0 and and got left out? Well, it wouldn't happen. They're in SEC school. It's as simple as that. Yeah. That's all I got, man. You guys have a great week. Thanks, Jim. 877-377-6963 for your calls and your text on the McClarty Daniel hotline. You really have two leagues now. Two big leagues in college football, Matt. That's it. Two big leagues in college football. Out of the current top 12 from the committee, 11 of them are playing in the SEC or the Big Ten next year. And that's another thing that just is not good for college football. If we are, if we are leaving out one of the major conference, uh, conference champions that went undefeated... Um, and, and 11 of the top 12 teams from this committee play in two leagues. Why are we even calling it a P4? Because it isn't a P4. It's a P2. And that's, that's just that's so obvious right now. You should just have a Big Ten SEC challenge, and that would be a, you could determine a champion based upon that and only upon that. 
See, see, I'm I'm with with Mike where I I would I would think Alabama. We might get to see it, Phil. We might get to see Alabama versus Texas in a rematch and and, and see how that goes. But I, I just I find it hard to believe that we left Florida State undefeated undefeated thirteen and zero team out. Lane didn't uh, Christian Lane did not de- delete that tweet. He's not afraid of being in Pine Bluff. I think he's pretty. Lane ain't afraid of anything. He's going to tell people where he is and what he's doing there, and uh, and and he don't care. He's like he's like the honey badger of coaching. He he really don't care. I got suckered into believing that he did. It is something that it seems like he would do, but delete it. A lot of coaches and players delete their tweets immediately. Sometimes, yeah. Some don't tweet. Some just use it for. Uh, some just use it for recruiting purposes. Some use it to uh, to to just do what Lane does, which I think is troll the troll the world. And some go in album mode. What is album mode? Uh, zero dark 30 ah <laughs> i'm in album mode man i gotta go work yeah, yeah H- holla at me later stay away from me here that's exactly right um got our burlsworth trophy being announced tonight yeah i think you're right i think you i think talking about nailing it i think that if if it goes i i don't even know who the other selections are but that kid from missouri uh d2 kid that was a walk-on guy he should be the burlsworth Absolutely. I just love, like, there's two levels to Schrader's story. Coming out of Division Two is one thing, but then being told you got to walk on at Missouri, <laughs> it's just, all right, co- cool, coach, no problem. Give him the, just give him the award. That just, hey, just grinding away. That's what you, that's what you like to see, get, getting guys like that, and, and it's, uh, it's not the size of the, the dog in the fight is the size of the fight in the dog. But that's also people say, well, how, you know, how can some, somebody's in division two for a reason. And, and sometimes it's skill level. And other, then other, there's other times I feel there are coaches that just won't look at a running back. That's five foot nine or five foot eight. They just won't look at him. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Andrew Armstrong, he's a division one receiver, but he was too thin. He was too skinny. He, you know, I mean, there, there are reasons why, Guys are not recruited by Division One. And sometimes teams. when you're 17, your body's going to be so different when you're 20. Sometimes you got to go that way. How about then, everybody, right? You mature <laughs> a little bit, you get better. Yeah, everybody. That's why it's like, it's a tough job to project those kids and and see what are they going to look like? What are they going to be like in three or four years? And they're doing that. They're doing that when they bring them to school too. What do you think this kid's going to look like in three to four years? Well, you asked me that two years ago. Yeah, it, it's it's constant. Jesse in Springdale. Thanks for the phone call on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. What's up, Jesse? Hey, guys. I had a quick statement and a question for you. I just wanted to say, as far as uh, some of what I've heard from other fans about being, quote, disgusted about Bobby being hired back, like, I totally get those feelings. I mean, it just went down really bad last time with him. So I get why people would have some animosity. However, I do feel that deep down, even the most disgusted fans with the hire are going to be very happy if we return to nine and three or 10 and two. And that was the best possible way to get that outcome. I don't think it's going to happen next season, but give it a couple of years. I think we'll be back in line for some more wins. That being said, uh, during his press conference, um, I'm sure you guys heard when he was talking about uh, signal uh, teams stealing signals and specifically mentioned Clemson. Yeah. I was curious if anything manifested from that statement. Like, are they being looked into now or anything no. like that? 
Not that I, not that I, I don't think that's starting. What well, did he have to play Clemson when he was at Louisville? So yeah. that would have been why. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's also like some. Sometimes guys just are able to get signs legally too, um, whether they're from watching TV. But yes, he did mention he did mention Clemson. I'd be surprised if that if that kickstarts any kind of. Uh, any kind of investigation. Robert in Fort Smith, real quick. We're going to go into the break with you, Robert. What's up? Hey, guys. Real quick, I really don't care about the FSU thing, but Bama slays the Giants. The Giants falls the big, and then Bama moves up. That's the part I have an issue with. You're going to drop a one team that far? I mean, it just that's what bothers me. And if you, and if you look at the Matrix, from back in the day, because Greeny was talking about it this morning, Florida State was in with the Matrix. But I know they don't use it, but just too many opinions. Y'all have a good Thanks, Robert. I think you meant bulldogs, right? Well, the giant—they were on top. They I think were the giant. Yeah, they were the eight hundred pound gorilla. And and I thought I thought Bama should be three and Texas four. That's how I would have had it. If if you're leaving Florida State out, it, it would be Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Texas. I mean, there really was wild swings on on, on this. Um, really, within the top five, top six, because Florida and Florida State and Georgia are tied at fifth. Texas and Alabama both moved up four spots. Georgia drops four spots from number one. Just a lot of movement in there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive-thru or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. On a basketball game day, 6.30 airtime with Chuck and Zim at Bud Walton Arena. The Hogs taking on four and four Furman. Uh, AP poll coming out. Arizona's the new number one with a 7 0 record. Kansas, Houston, Purdue, and UConn rounding out the top five. Purdue took their first loss of the year with a uh, loss to Northwestern uh, over the weekend. And UConn lost to Kansas uh, over there in, um, in Lawrence, where our friend Aaron Torres was residing. Hogs are getting some votes. Uh, 14 votes in the poll. And I uh, better beat Furman, and then we'll see what happens against Oklahoma. Oklahoma has moved up to 19th in the, rank- in the rankings, up six spots. Um, they put up 107 points, defeating Arkansas Pine Bluff over the weekend. And uh, they are one of, uh, what do I have here? I had a note about the number of undefeated teams in D1 basketball, 14 teams are undefeated in the nation right now. Oklahoma is one of them, one of like a handful of Big 12 teams that are undefeated right now. And Ole Miss and South Carolina are the only SEC undefeated teams. You see, Kentucky loses at home to Wilmington over the weekend. And Mississippi State lost at home to a team in Southern 
University that had gone one and six before pulling into the hump and walking away with a victory. So you never know what's going to happen. Arkansas could definitely lose this game today. I don't care what the betting line is. I've already seen that. And this is a good team out of a good out of a good league too. Yeah, then, no, you're right, Phil. If we don't show up ready to work, uh, th- then things like that can happen. But if we show up ready to work, we we should beat this Furman team. Uh, if Mark's out, do you, you think he still goes L there as the starter? And, and then you got Debo L uh, and, and with Khalif Battle, or do you have Landon Blocker in that in that starting role bringing Battle off the, off the bench? Who, who would your three guards be is what I'm asking you, Phil. Well, I want, I, I want Battle off the bench. I really like the role that he's come into with this. Devo... Um, so you start Blocker. You 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 got Brazil. I really do like Blocker. Yeah, I like Blocker too. That's I mean he he's a guy that's been consistent. And he's only it seems like he's getting better and more comfortable each week. Well, he's only what eight games into his college career. He's a baby. He he's he's a baby, but he's he he's man. His basketball instincts uh, or his basketball IQ seems pretty high level. He does. He also doesn't appear to be somebody that needs to be goaded into giving a hundred percent effort. That's that's very true. He, he's out there giving it. He's, he's got that Devo Davis uh, uh, about him. He, he's out there. He's going to give it his best every time. Absolutely. I want to see Brazil continue to be tough, to continue to be big, to, to go get those rebounds and, and not, not watch and let somebody else get it. Uh, if he's playing 28 minutes a game, Phil, there's no reason Brazil shouldn't have 10 boards every night. And today should be one of those games. I mean, this, this is a small Furman team. Their front court is 6'9 and 6'5. They got a 6'11 guy that comes off the bench, but he only plays 16 minutes and he doesn't have really big numbers anyway. So this is this is one of the smaller front courts I think that you'll face um, all year long. Are they a zone team? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they are. Uh, I do know Brian in Ozark is on the McClarty Daniel hotline, so let's talk to Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you? Brian. How about that, buddy? <laughs> I told you all year for six months. Texas would be in the college playoffs. They would win the Big 12 when everybody on this radio station and Zach and Rustin thought I was crazy. <laughs> told me how great Arkansas was. Texas has never done anything. Brian, you, sound like, you're celebrating, you sound like you're celebrating a national championship. I hear tears coming down your face right now. Like this is the You usually sound I'm like telling, you have RBF. But right now, man, I'm you are celebrating, you right you are celebrating you, big time. Texas doesn't want to play Bama now. That's right. Texas will beat Washington easily. Easily will we beat Washington, and we're going to play Michigan, not Alabama, for the national title. Is this the same person that's been calling in for the last six months? Brian, you usually sound like you have the energy of a centipede. Now you sound like you have the energy of the sun, of maybe 10 million suns. Texas is the greatest football program. Ugh, that makes me sick. This was a former Razorback fan that's doing this. I have no, I have no problem. I'm not going to root for Texas or anything like that. But this is the worst kind of sports fan. Washington's pretty good. It's not going to be that. I don't know who who coin flip game, but the Huskies. Uh, not since Warren Moon. Who you got to channel your inner Napoleon Kaufman, and uh, I, I like the Huskies. He's not even from Texas. He didn't go to the University of Texas. He was a Razorback fan when Bobby Petrino was the head coach, and now he's celebrating Texas as if he's born and raised within, within the Longhorn fan base, as if he's one of them. <clears throat> That's, that is the most emotion that I've heard from a listener that is not Eddie from Clarksville. And Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's emotion, 
Eddie's emotion is legit because he's, he's a Razorback fan through and through. Look, I tried to give my team up one time. I tried to give the Pirates up because they don't put the effort into deserving any sort of passion for me or anybody else. But I also knew once I started looking around, it's like, I can't root for any other teams. There's nobody else that I can root for. I didn't grow up in any of these other fan bases. I used to root for the Angels because we had our, we had the Travelers were their, their, one of their feeder teams and we had our players that were there. And I, it's not the same now. I can't, I don't root, I don't, I don't root for any team. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, to me, it's like the worst kind of sports fan. Um, to act like that was your team from birth and basically just you were a free agent, a free agent fan that, that took, that took the, the 800-pound mammoth from the, from the state to the west and now acting like it's your team. But I do appreciate the effort, Brian. That was really fun. I mean, you literally screamed into the phone immediately when we, t- when we take the phone call. It's like, hey, national champions. No. Like, I know who I'll be rooting for. I know who I'll be rooting for in that Sugar Bowl. And look, Texas very well may win the national championship. They look great. They look terrific. Did he that say secondary would, though? That secondary though can be picked on. Did he say they would win the national championship too, or just that uh, they'd make the playoffs? I don't it, remember. He's going to sure. look real, fu- you know, funny if he calls like that and then they lose to Washington or Alabama. He is. Um, <clears throat> I think he. I think he would think that the Longhorns could beat the San Francisco 49ers under the right circumstances, <laughs> I, which I, would be any circumstance. Number one, number two, those those receivers for uh, for UW. Uh, number seven, that running back they got has kind of channels his his inner Missouri RB. Uh, he's tough downhill runner. I mean, Washington's a physical team with uh, with some real talent on the outsides. And if your secondary is kind of weak, Washington will expose you. They beat Oregon twice. That's a really talented Oregon team. And if they were able to hold Bo Nix and that offense down the way that they did, they could do the same thing to Texas too. But Texas is tech, I think they belong they belong in this in this in this final four. They definitely belong there. Because they they certainly looked the part. If there was a team that was going to be left out, I mean I think it would have been Alabama because I do think that the results on the field are supposed to mean something. Even if it was week two, um, that, that result is supposed to mean something. There, there are weight to these games. Um, but I just I, I'm, I, can't, I wasn't going to let him just go on and celebrate something that hasn't yeah. happened yet. Tell, Florida State said, I thought all these games were weighted. Yeah, 877-377-6963 for calls. And you have people that are ticked off here that Alabama got in. Nobody here is like, you know, chanting SEC, SEC, SEC about this. That's not how I view that. But I, like the, the, the committee would have left the SEC out of the playoff over their cold, dead hands. They would have never let that happen. Like if the, 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 the sort of um, outrage that is coming from What Florida if it would have been Alabama and Georgia in instead of Alabama and Texas? You know, would you still have the same uproar? You know, would it still be... Two two SEC teams couldn't. Have Georgia has the the best loss out of, out of anybody. If you if you say the best sure, loss, sure they, they have do. the best loss, and you know that was that was it in the championship game. They do have the best loss. Yeah, I mean Texas's Texas's losses to the number twelve team, Alabama's losses to the number three team, and uh, Georgia's losses to the number four team. Ohio State's losses to the number one team. Yeah. You know, and um, in Florida states, like we don't have any L's. We don't have we're all out of L's. We don't have any to give you. 
All they could do is just beat who, who was there in front of them. All we've been collecting is W's. It's got to be a really difficult thing to look at, at, at the brand names that they beat, too. <laughs> Clemson, Florida, LSU. Duke was a real football team this year. I mean, that, heck, their coach just went to A&M, the, the number one money powerhouse in the country. But even just these other programs, too. I mean, there's recent national championship for Clemson. Uh, I know it's been a long time for Florida, but that's, you know, they, they play them every year. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to swallow. But I do, look, these are the best teams, I think. It's just not the teams that had the best seasons. Because 13-0 is better than 12-1, and and it really doesn't matter who it is you play. All right, let's break. Connor O'Gara coming up in just a moment. I'm sure he might have some different thoughts on this, and he might set us straight about all of it. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Connor, just let you react uh, to, uh, to our four-team playoff and see what you think. I, I'm stunned. I, I really am. I, I can't believe Florida State got left out. I mean, to me, you, you had so many different ways in which you could have justified putting a, a Power 5 unbeaten into the field and instead the selection committee perhaps out of fear that it would have a repeat of 65 to 7 in the national championship decided you know what Florida State ah, we, we just think you're so much different at, at quarterback we're going to judge you based on a third string quarterback playing who wouldn't even start in a playoff game because your second string guy would be back and uh, Florida State fans have every reason to be absolutely livid with the way that this played out because it's not supposed to come down to point spreads if it did, then Georgia would already be in the playoff. Oregon would already be in the playoff. I mean, it is just absolutely absurd to think that FSU got left out. Brand name? Is it, is it brand name, or is it just expecting that if you put this team in, it's a blowout? And, and, and let's say that Jordan Travis is not hurt, that he's still the quarterback, but yet the ACC championship game would have had the same result with like both teams barely even getting to 200 yards. At that point, you got the same quarterback, but you're, you had an underwhelming result in the ACC championship. Going by what Boo Corrigan says, I think at that point they're going to put Florida State in. This is 
this almost feels like nothing but the availability of Jordan Travis. No, I do think it is the availability of Jordan Travis. And it's, it's a way to justify it, right? Because they were in a, a spot where I think there was this, this hope at least from Florida State fans, that they could maybe be like 2014 Ohio State. 2014 Ohio State got the Big Ten Championship to be able to show Cardell Jones is every bit as good, if not better, than J.C. Barrett, and they demolished Wisconsin. So maybe that set the expectation too high, and it wasn't so much that they were being compared to the you know what the offense looks like with Jordan Travis. They were being compared to what the Ohio State offense looks like with Cardell Jones. And to me, that is totally unfair, and it's ridiculous because every team that's in the playoff has had bad offensive games. Like, Michael Penix Jr. had a 15-point effort in a home win against Arizona State. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the fact that Michigan, in the Big Ten Championship against Iowa, with J.J. McCarthy, was one touchdown pass in the last five games. They had fewer total yards against Iowa than what Florida State had against Louisville, who, by the way, has a top 25 defense. They're playing in the rain, and, like, I just don't really buy it. I mean, Florida State's got a top 10 defense. They've got a really talented team that deserved to make the playoff. And I just thought it was a very weak way out. I didn't think it was brand recognition. I just thought it was them trying to avoid a scenario in which they could be dogged for like what they did you know, last year with, with having TCU in there, even though TCU deserved to make the field as well. Alabama got no demerits for the same thing, barely beating a bad team in South Florida with a backup quarterback because they benched Milrow. You know, and they got luck. Look, they got you got to be good to be lucky, but they got lucky against Auburn. I mean, they just did. Uh, but they received no demerits for that because the biggest win of the season, I think, in the committee's eyes and, and maybe in my eyes, too, is, is Alabama winning the SEC championship over Georgia. Uh, but they didn't I get agree. demerits for, their, for the things that they could have gotten demerited for, which I guess would include a loss to Texas. No, and here's the crazy thing. So I'm actually, I'm perfectly fine with Alabama in the field. I have, I don't really have an issue with that. I would have given the final spot to Florida State instead of Texas. And I know that, that people are going to say, oh my gosh, well, you have to let the games matter. Texas beat Alabama. Yes, 100%. Went into Tuscaloosa, won that game. Texas also had a loss. Texas, and every other metric, was not as good as those other two teams. And so if we're looking at it from that standpoint, I would say, you know what, Alabama beating Georgia, the two-time defending national champs who won an SEC record 29 consecutive games, that is the ultimate trump card. It just is. And to me, I would have had no problem putting Alabama in the field as well as Florida State and leaving Texas out and punishing a Texas team that has been darn good this year, but in my opinion still had the one loss and still had other areas where it, it, it fell short. I mean, they had 10 points in the first three quarters against Wyoming. I don't talk about that, but still Florida State getting left out. It, it is one of the, the bigger injustices we've seen in this sports history. Yeah, football is the ultimate team game, uh, but but you're led by your quarterback. Put 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 these quarterbacks in 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 order, Connor of uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama. That's how it is in the in the playoff committee, the one through four. But how would you rank the four quarterbacks? Who's your? T- give me the order of the quarterbacks you would have. That's a that's a great question. It's a, that's that's probably an exercise that I need to do uh, in depth on, on SDS because. Guys, I, I don't know that anybody's playing better than Jalen Milrow right now. Like, other than Jaden Daniels, I mean, like, the guy has just been insanely good. And so, as crazy as it sounds, like, I might even put him ahead of Michael Penix Jr. I, I really might because of the, 
the the way that he has cut down on his turnovers. I mean, you saw in the SEC championship. So I, I actually might give Milrow a, a slight edge over Michael Penix Jr. And then I would probably, as crazy as it sounds, I would probably have Quinn Ewers at three, even though the guy has so much confidence in the player that he's become this year. I think he's living up to that unbelievable hype he came in with as the number one recruit ever at the quarterback position in the 24-7 sports era. And I'd probably have J.J. McCarthy last. You know what? If you're supposed to be a Heisman candidate and you hand the ball off 32 consecutive times in a must-win game against Penn State, to me that says your team doesn't really want to rely on you to move the, field, to move the ball down the field that much. So I, I would probably have him last. But it's a very, very good quarterback group in this college football playoff. Have there been other years where, I mean, do you think all four teams, any one of these four teams can win it? Because there are other years where you're like, yeah, there's maybe only really two teams or three teams. I I have a sense any one of these four teams can win the thing. And there's probably probably another team outside of the top four that could have won it too, and I'm thinking of Georgia. Like, this is one of those outlier years, Connor. We're told so often there's only maybe two or three teams a year that can win the national championship. I don't think this is that year. This is the year I'd like to see 12. I think you're exactly right. Uh, I, I really do. I, I think if I had to guess, and, and I shouldn't really doubt Washington, they're probably the team that I have the least amount of confidence in, which maybe that'll come back to bite me. As great as they've, they, they've been this year, I think they've played with fire a little bit more than people have kind of realized. I don't know that they... They had the experience, and they had the experience to get to this point. I kind of compared them to last year's TCU squad that that had just so much returning depth and veterans on that squad, and they really, I mean, they, they were a team that didn't have anybody drafted the year before, and they returned all these guys, and they just had a smart veteran quarterback who wasn't afraid to step up and make big-time plays. I think Washington could be a little bit of that ilk, whereas the other three teams I look at, I'm like, yeah, I could definitely see them standing atop the national championship podium, I, I, even Texas. I mean, Texas has improved so considerably up front on their defensive line as we saw against Alabama. And obviously, like, when you see Quinn Ewers have the confidence to go into Tuscaloosa and win that game, like, that guy can win any game that he plays in. And A.D. Mitchell can probably have some big national championship winning touchdown catch just like he's done for Georgia. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of those teams. Uh, but, but Washington's the team that I probably have the least amount of confidence in. I think it's pretty obvious we're down to um, two big leagues in college football. Forget about the idea of a P4. Connor, out of the top 12 teams in the committee's rankings, 11 of them are in the Big Ten or SEC next year. I mean, think about that. 11 of the top 12 from the committee are playing in two leagues next year. Why are we even doing this Power Four thing? You know, it's a good question because... I think you need the power four to, at least from, from the way that it sounds, just so that you're playing teams in non conference play that you are getting respect for. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think they want that drop off to be that significant. And I do think there is importance in having national popularity in the sport. And it is why I push back on this idea of a super league in college football and what, what it could lose if it does that without national representation. Because I think regional having regional impact is, is really significant, and we will be getting away from that in the expanded playoff because of the point that you just brought up. And it's so, it's so easy to see 
when you have a Jonathan Smith leave his alma mater at Oregon State mm-hmm. to go to Michigan State, uh, to, to see someone like Mike Elko leave Duke for, for the Texas A&M job. Like, yeah, that's a step up. But I do think there's something to be said for being part of that big two. And everybody wants a, a piece of that pie. And right now it looks like the vast majority of that pie is going to the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, when the, when the playoff was invented and it was four teams, it felt like you had five equal partners. You, you don't have five equal partners now. And one of them's going away and the other two just aren't, aren't, aren't treated as seriously. And, and it's because of the teams that have had success. You know, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that we, we view these teams, um, you know, in that, in that way. Uh, what other, are there any other bowl games that kind of get your fancy here? There, there's some other interesting bowl games, you know, looking at, uh, looking at, uh, the, the Missouri, Missouri, who's Mizzou gun. I know they're playing in a, Ohio, State. Ohio State. That's a good one, you know, and, you no, know, Kyle McCord won't the be Penn State Ole Miss game, but Penn it, State Ole Miss is a good you, one. You kind of wonder who's going to be playing. Yeah, yeah. The, that Penn State Ole Miss game. I'm so glad those teams are matched up because I've been arguing for the last three weeks. Stop ranking Ole Miss at, uh, behind Penn State. Like, stop doing it. You're just telling on yourself that you haven't actually looked at these resumes, and that could have decided getting into a New Year's Six bowl. Now, Louisville lost to Kentucky. And that is, is actually what kind of opened up that spot for Ole Miss to be able to get into a New Year's Six Bowl. But I'm glad that those two teams are playing. It feels significant because of some of the potential returners now. Uh, TBD on Quinshawn Judkins, that's one to keep an eye on. Um, in terms of portal entries, that's kind of no the, the rumor that's been going out there. Um, so if he's not playing, that changes what Ole Miss can do. But yeah, I, I mean, opt-outs aside, I am looking forward to some of these New Year's Six games and getting to see a Mizzou-Ohio State matchup like that. I, I think that we will see some significance in these bowl games, even if it feels like right now we're just going to get opt-outs and poll guys galore. The right matchup for Liberty-Oregon? Do you see Oregon maybe hanging their head a little bit? Does Liberty have a chance at all? I think, look, I think we got to know about opt-outs. With a team like Oregon, when – like everything was on the table and I, I, I applaud what Dan Lanning has done in two years there to have those types of opportunities. But man, what a deflating way to see a season come to an end. If they don't show up ready to go, this could be reminiscent of the 2017 Peach Bowl, a game in which Auburn has everything on the table, even as a two loss team in the SEC championship, they beat the number one team in the country twice. And they lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. And then they showed up against the UCF team that, Look, had everything to play for, everything that was on the line. That could be what Jamie Chadwell is ultimately able to tap into with that Liberty squad that's been really, really good. Unique team to prepare for. So I don't want to say anything definitive, but yeah, I would need to see what those opt-outs look like for Oregon to to know how good I feel about that team winning. Because it's definitely a more talented team, and they should be able to dominate in the trenches if they're at full strength. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.